0: Hello, and welcome to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Nat Mose. And I'm Andy Prabasco. Today, we'll be talking about the effect of Lodestone Golem's restriction in vintage, and then cottage cheese in its multiple wonderful forms.
1: All right, so I'm just going to skip past the lodestone Golem discussion to go straight to cottage cheese. <laughs> no, no, we can't no. do that. Yet.
2: Oh, let's right. name the the podcast "Everything You Need to Know About Lodestone Golem. so everyone <laughs> listens to it, and then just talk about cottage no. cheese for. We'll <laughs> only talk about cottage two cheese two hours. <laughs> Our longest <laughs> podcast ever. We can advertise that. Yeah. alright Let's.
0: We'll talk a little about lodestone. We'll speed through it. Okay. We go for the cottage cheese. I, I think that. Before we started, we decided that we didn't actually want to talk about the why of Lodestone because it's sort of water under the bridge at this point. Yeah. And there was, there was a lot of stuff going on on both sides of the argument going back and forth and it seems not worth rehashing at this point. Right. There were a lot of people involved and, um, you know, a lot of opinions expressed.
1: I think the one thing that I would bring up, there was a tweet, I think, from, is it Ethan Fleischer to Jaco Jason Jaco who said that you need to make all of these debate discussions like five or six
2: weeks in advance of when they're actually taking place. Like, yeah, just, and I, <laughs> I think this wasn't even private information. It was just information. Not a lot of people knew. Yeah. Right. A, if you want to influence wizards, like they'll listen to you, but they make these decisions well in advance. Right. Um, yeah. They restricted Lodestone gone. Super controversial. I think, all three of us are not huge fans of the decision. It's not yeah, probably there have been worse yeah. decisions made in vintage for sure. <laughs> I don't think we're huge I'm, fans. I'm but still playing vintage. Yeah. I don't think it's going to ruin the format or anything. It's just, right. I, I would like liked a little more time to, yeah. to
0: figure out, Hey, is it okay with, with just one chalice? But I, I think that it's kind of funny that I, I wasn't really tracking this restrict, this BNR very closely, but I did see a tweet that said, Something like, oh, the vintage BNR is really gonna shake things up in the format. So I like guess I had high hopes for some interesting unrestriction. Yeah. Because to me, the restriction of Lodestone is actually very boring. <laughs> that makes sense. I I can see that. I mean all three of us played before Lodestone, right? Right.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean obviously things will be very different now. Many cards have been printed, but it's not this brave new world. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's funny because in the past,
1: when they have restricted something, they have often unrestricted something at the same time.
0: The thing is, is that I feel like if they <clears throat> anything that they would unrestrict at a time like this would just make the power differential between like what shops lost and oh, what yeah. anything else in the format would gain. Yeah, I guess even if they larger, unrestricted like,
2: I feel like Windfall is, I'm not saying unrestricted, but it's one of the weaker cards on the list. Yeah. It would be weird to unrestrict a combo right. draw seven at the same time as unrestricting a Shops beast. Yeah, really, it's really just right.
0: like, oh, Shops need to, needs to go down. By the way, you know, uh, Blue needs another tool. They, yeah. They're they feeling weak right now. Totally. And there was a lot of conversation about other cards. Maybe they should have restricted,
2: but I don't think we want to get into the weeds with that. once no one's restricted. For better or worse, the format is going to change. We'll see what happens in the next few weeks, but we're gonna to try to sort of predict what might happen, how decks should adjust, how you should adjust, at least until the metagame gets well more established.
0: Right. Yeah, my response to Lodestones restriction and like the first thing I saw in when we when we we're talking about this was someone being like, Well, how will this affect blue decks? And I feel like most (laughs) decks in the format have been trying to pretend that Shops doesn't exist and just deal it with the sideboards. So in the end, like... So some of those decks won't get affected at all? Yeah. They will just be able to more effectively pretend that Shops doesn't exist. Right. So right off the bat, obviously, the the biggest deck impacted is Workshops. Right. And when we say
2: Workshops, we mean all the Workshop decks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Lodestone was... The card that it was like, if you're playing workshops, you're probably going to need a really good reason not to play Lodestone because it is you're playing a card like workshop gets you a lot of mana and Lodestone capitalizes on that, locks out your opponent. It's a threat that wins the game. It just it does all the things that as a shop deck you can capitalize on. Right. Well, the big thing was that you could play shop mocks on turn one and play load. Sure. On, and sure,
1: sure. You, you automatically had a huge leg up on the game, mostly because it was the, the combination of a, a sphere effect that is a tempo piece, a time walk, whatever you want to call it. And a pretty quick clock. I mean,
2: that's a four turn clock is sizable. So, and, and uh, now there's, there's all kinds of shop decks, but, Always historically, there's sort of been two paths to go, where sure. you can build the aggro shop stack, which is you play some fast creatures because, you know, playing Mistress Workshop lets you play three mana creatures on turn one. So you have these aggressive creatures. Used to be Juggernaut, which is kind of embarrassing now, but that was <laughs> a card people played. And then just a couple of lock pieces, a couple of wastelands, a couple of spheres, just to keep your opponent off
0: balance. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, Juggernaut is like the prototype of... Lodestone Golem, oh, absolutely. Juggernaut plus Sphere of Resistance. These guys get together. It's important to realize that now almost every shop stack starts with four Lodestone
2: and like four uh, Revokers and right. a, a handful of other cards. So every shop stack can just attack for 20. But there were these right. aggro shop stacks, and then there were these prison shop decks. And the prison shop players would say, Juggernaut's terrible. And it was just all lock pieces 100%. Smoke mm-hmm. stacks. They might they might win with two Mishra's factories as their only win condition. Or or Gorilla just the type of Goblin Welders or just hope that they concede. And I think what Lodestone did was it didn't just make aggro shops better or prison shops better. It let both of those decks play the job of the other the other one. Right. Yeah. Right? You right. had you had the prison shop deck could just get a tempo hand. And if your yeah. hand was good against prison shops but bad against a tempo draw, well you lose. And the tempo shops decks, well now you just had four extra spheres in your deck, and if you combined, like, Sculpting Steels or Metamorphs now, maybe you just have a hand that plays turn one sphere, turn two sphere, turn three sphere, and they never get out of it, right. um, which the old tempo decks couldn't really do. They kind of just slowed right. you down one or two turns. And it let you do both of those things. And I actually think with Lodestone Golem leaving, and this is a total guess, but that's what's – that. those are the decks that are going to lose the most, right? A deck that needed that flexibility. hmm I think if you have a deck that's super aggressive, maybe like the tiny robots list that I like so much, that's yeah. just going to try to play giant threats on turn one. Or if you have a deck that's super prisony, those are not going to be as hurt by lodestone getting hit. But if you had a deck that really kind of needed that flexibility, there's, there's nothing that really replaces.
0: So do you think that we're going to see sort of a greater sort of specialization where you're not going to see, see things that are running down the middle, you're going to see things that are, like, really heavy aggro or really heavy control. I
2: think those are the decks that get
0: hurt the least, but those
2: were really strong decks before, so it's possible right. they're still good. I, I don't know for sure. I would love to be proved wrong because this deck is, like, pretty fun, but the uh, the uh Dark Drafts deck that just started appearing with mm-hmm. Workshops and the Dark Drafts Thespian Stage combo, I feel like that deck's hurt a lot, right? Because it doesn't have a ton of lock pieces. If it mm-hmm. plays a turn on lodestone, it has that tempo game, right. but without that lodestone... You're not really gonna stop somebody by, you know, playing two spheres and then hoping to draw some lands. Sure, but now don't you have you have three more spaces
1: for like heavier prison pieces, right? Or were they already maxed out on spheres and stuff?
2: I don't know if you can run enough prison pieces to really lock someone down if their game plan is like a bunch of basics and a Hercules recall. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that's a deck that really, really relied on the flexibility of the card, like. That deck is never going to deal less than twenty damage to an opponent unless they <laughs> draw lodestone. Does that right. makes sense? Yeah, it,
1: it, I agree that it seems sort of questionable to try and lock your opponent under spheres long enough for dark depths to come into play, merit layers to come into play as a, I mean, without oh, expedition map or whatever it is to mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. get it there. Like, and if you if you start with a Dark Depths combo in your hand, like you're already down at least one sphere effect because because you're playing a, a mostly dead combo card, otherwise,
2: <laughs> right? I mean. So, what do what do we think? Um, and obviously, it's not as simple as this. But like for direct replacements for right. Lodestone Golem, if you have an existing deck, what, what are the first cards we're looking at? Can't run Lodestone Golem. What do we what do we throw in there? Ideally you're looking for something that's still a um a lock piece of sorts
1: and a an aggro piece. So I mean are, are we looking at things like Karn, Silver Golem?
2: We could. I mean that definitely does that.
1: And it, it, uh, and it's, it's still reasonably costed. I mean you're you're
2: probably not turn one Karn, but you know, turn yeah, two. It, it, uh, it kind of um it fights moxes, which is nice yeah. when you only have one chals now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's um, possible. Uh it definitely lends you to sort of this slower strategy. You're not gonna play a turn one. You're definitely not going to stop your opponent from getting mana like you could with the chalice. Right. But you know, Karn can, Karn can do some damage. Karn, Karn also plays really nicely with the first thing that popped in my head, which was smokestack. Smokestack is kind of what lodestone replaced. That was the card that every shop stack ran four of. And then, um, you see a few decks with lodestone and smokestack, but not many.
0: I've always found lodest, I mean, uh, smokestack to be. I would actually almost say more threatening than Lodestone Mm -hmm. because I think that for for quite a while we got into a habit of playing um, creature kill to deal with a lot of shop's threats. Right. Stuff like Lightning Bolt, um, Dismember, stuff like that. And when you're crutching on that in order to hold the game versus shops and they throw down a smokestack, you can't. Do anything about it. Lightning bolt versus smokestack is not good. <laughs> it's real bad, and and a smokestacks a
1: really good card. <laughs> I think too that um, I think people, new players to the format, rather are have no idea about smokestack. Like they haven't faced it. Like there's going to be a <laughs> lot of Broadway. people who just don't know how to play against stacks. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of uh, grindy prison game where you're actively losing permanence and tapping things to tangle wire and can't play anything because your lands keep getting wastelanded like you know that's a difficult game to
2: play like yeah you a thought lot of
0: that lodestone was frustrating
2: right <laughs> yeah that, that's where uh instant speed removal comes super important right yeah. you can't beat the tanglewire smokestack guy with ingot chewers right nope you need an instant uh, yeah <laughs> i think that smokestack kind of needs more help i want to yeah. say like there's a lot of things where i have smokestack and this you can't win smokestack right. and crucible smokestack like and two spheres Smoke sack yeah. wire are great together, yeah, otherwise it's a delay tactic. I mean, yeah. you're sort of winning or playing this attrition whereas here. like if you if you don't have that great a draw and you just rip lodestone off the top, you can definitely win with with just a lodestone, right or mm-hmm. or or you have two combo cards, two cards that are good, but they have force, right. so they force your sphere, and then your lodestone kills them if you if they force your sphere, your smokesack isn't as good, you can still definitely kill them with a smoke sack it's just. It kind of wants those support cards more than Lodestone did. Right. And it's not like Lodestone plus Tanglewire wasn't a kill, you know, 75%, 90% of the time. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, and that's, I mean, Workshop players, Workshop Prison players that I've known have always said, you want to have three lock pieces by turn two. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. part of that is because one of them might get removed or countered or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. Smokesack can can set up hard locks. Right. Which Which Lodestone basically can never do. Right. I mean, if you're really into prison, it's, it's good. It's also fun. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> usually Lodestone didn't have to, right? Cause you just right. win before you needed it, but it could, it could matter.
1: I, you know, I think there's other, I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. but, um, but I think you're looking at other four drops that come into play because they're easy to play off of workshop and mocks. And I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, like Uba, uh, Uba Mask has been a player in shops decks before simply because it can, it negates, um, counterspells and things like that. Anything that they draw that they can't use immediately, play immediately
2: gets removed and they can't use it after that turn. So. Ubamask is a great card to bring up because, um, Ubamask is usually paired with, uh, or traditionally paired with Goblin Welder. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely heard a lot of people talking about something we haven't seen for a while, which is, uh, bringing colored cards right. back to stacks, which is where the deck came yeah. from. The, the <clears throat> colorless being the most popular version is, a more recent phenomena than Lodestone Golem.
1: Yeah, well, and that was part of, I mean, when Lodestone was printed, like, that was one of my big regrets, was that it completely pushed any kind of color out of stack Stacks decks. I mean, it used to be most Workshop decks would play Welders of some kind or some number, and, you know, obviously five-color stacks was a thing, and that completely relied on colored spells, too. So, I mean, Lodestone, being so
0: good, uh, just completely push you into artifact-only build. Was was that just because you you needed to run, like, soul lands and everything to maximize your mana? I mean, why bother running colored cards when your best cards
1: are artifacts? I mean, like, if you want to maximize Lodestone Golem, like, you want to be able to play it early, and, you know, having Lodestone Golem shut off your plays, too,
2: is not good so yeah and i definitely expect to see some colored shop decks show up i definitely expect to see some people trying welder if not five colors Mm -hmm. i've sort of um this isn't something i really spent any time thinking about while lodestone was legal but i've sort of been developing this theory and i have no idea how accurate it is but historically like we were saying there were five color decks there were uh mono red decks lodestone was printed and then people slowly started to converge on a colorless build and right. for a while, there was basically just one colorless build, and then it sort of split up a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And at the same time, Workshops went from being a good deck to playing a tournament, to being better and better, and then eventually, at least considered by Wizards, to be the best deck, to being so good that they needed to restrict it twice. Right. But I can't help but wonder if like, the timeline is, Lodestone was printed and it was so good, so people switched to colorless cards, and the deck got good around that time. I'm not entirely sure. Bloodstone's amazing, but I think yeah. that just switching to a colorless build might have been actually what put the deck over the top. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely, that that could definitely be a mm. possibility. Because I mean, at
1: some point in the 20-year printing of Magic, like you hit this critical mass of just artifacts that can be played off of Workshop and can be played off of Ancient Tomb
2: and City of Traders and. You know, why bother playing colored cards at all? We're, yeah, we're, we're saying, uh, colored cards, but if you weren't around then, those decks didn't run ancient tomb. Yeah, right. And they didn't, because the there's not spells room for them. them. And just right. think about how much harder it is to play a turn one sphere resistance. Right. Never mind like a turn sphere. If the only way you can do it is drawing a workshop or a mox it really reduces the chance. So even if you don't have the lodestone, your draws get a lot more consistent. And I think that maybe that, might have been even a bigger factor than lodestone even though lodestone is obviously one of the best cards if not the best card in the deck besides workshop
1: i agree and i i see that happening too i think that you know a lot of people are going to be excited and try out various colors of stacks i know i am and um I, it very well could be that we all just get pushed back into mud
2: anyway because that's just how it goes i also think it's kind of um and i I know this because I've tried playing Control Slaver, and I've talked to a lot of people who try tried to play, <laughs> play Control Slaver. You used to be able to beat a Shop's deck by playing one Goblin while and not playing them.
0: You can't right. do that
2: anymore. Right. Uh, if you're, like, the average... I mean, we don't know what the Shop's deck is going to look like now, but uh, last month, the average Shop deck had, what, four Evokers, three or four Arcbound Ravagers, some number of Metamorphs. Like, all these cards, Main deck, oh, Triskelion's, that even if you have no idea that your opponent's playing Gobblewalder, you're gonna have 16 answers to it, game two. So what right? you're saying it's, is this is, this is not the return of slaver. Not the return of slaver. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, <laughs> you lose that edge in the mirror. Right. Right? Like, if I'm playing, if you, if I'm playing red shops and you're playing mud, it, my welders are probably not gonna stick around too long. Yeah. I'm not gonna or, have, or that we big
1: yeah, either both
2: have welders or don't, I mean, based on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, so talking about, uh, shops mirrors, I think, uh, uh, there are a decent number of cards that shop stacks were running for the mirror for lodestone golem. I think dismember mm-hmm. was one of them. We might still see dismember decks, but it's a lot worse when you can't mm-hmm. kill lodestone, when you're not killing the lodestone golems. And I think porcelain legionnaire. Oh yeah. Which was pretty popular. 3-1 first strike yep. is so good against uh lodestone draw, but if your opponent is just trying to lock you out or if your opponent is trying to We had an extra turn to play a Karn or a Wyrmcoil Engine or something. something It's kind of bad, right? Right, yeah. So we'll see. I expect some people to to run more of those because, oh, we need more aggressive starts, but it's just not quite the same. And I think that's going to be a pattern talking about other decks. I I know I saw some people talking
1: about how this was a return
2: for Slash Panther
1: because that was an aggressive option that you could run alongside spheres and play Somebody, for your, somebody's going to do it. Oh yeah, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, it still kills planeswalkers and stuff. Like it's still, it is true. Yeah. You know, it still has options, mm-hmm. but
0: <laughs> since, since we already mentioned that some people may not remember the days of yore before we switched to mud. Um, when we talk about five color, we've obviously talked about goblin welder, but what are some of the other cards that we might see Trying to inch their way it's, back into it's all the best cards you can deck. think of. So I mean, mostly you're looking at tutors <laughs> because they're looking
1: to try and set up a, a trinisphere lock or a crucible's tripmine lock. So you, I mean, you see tinker, you see demonic tutor, vampiric tutor. Sometimes you see crop rotation as a way to get the tripmine, or workshop, or Telerian Academy. Or it, it is
2: pretty funny. Um, tinker in a uh, workshop deck is a lot like. Yeah, If you didn't play five color shops, you probably also didn't play extended era tinker decks, but it's like, that's what the card was sort of supposed to do. You don't just get out of blight steel. You're like, yeah. what's good in this situation? Like right. you, you run, you'll run like a son of a Titan or a mirror battle sphere or some giant thing, but you'll also sometimes play tinker turn one and it resolves. you be like, well, I'll get a Trinisphere here, yeah. right? You get these, you might get a lodestone golf now, right? No, yeah. No, so- it's funny because I, I tested
1: uh, five color shops a couple years ago. And I, I couldn't make room for four, four loadstones because it kept shutting off all my spells. But I still played one, and I tinkered for it and tutored for it quite a bit. because <laughs> It makes, like there's, it makes a, sense. There's a lot of times where you want a beater with a lock piece, and that's the one that does it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously uh, it still comes down, turned one off the of shop and mocks.
2: So it's like, okay. When uh, when Roland Chang played an updated uh, five-color shops deck last year sometime, mm-hmm. I think last you May. just mentioned it in an article that you just wrote. Yeah. About the subject we're talking about now. It was mostly the same as his old list, but he had a Dak Faden.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's just pretty awesome. KG, yeah. It's pretty fantastic in a workshop deck. Like, right. not only does it counter your opponent's Dak Faden, not only is it amazing with Goblin Welder, not only is it a draw engine in a deck that desperately needs it, like halfway through the game with Shops, half of your cards are mana you don't need, right? right? Dak is amazing. It, stealing Moxes is so much better in a workshop deck yeah. than it is in any other deck. Right. Like imagine stealing your opponent's box and then playing a smokestack. It's just absurd. <laughs> yeah. It's it's an interesting card. And I wouldn't be shocked. No one's working on this deck, right? So I wouldn't be shocked if there's some card we're not thinking of that they can that a shop stack can really take advantage of that just oh, no yeah. one has even considered before. Well,
1: I mean like we have unrestricted thirst for knowledge now. I mean that was Yeah, with with Goblin elders it's not so bad. Yeah, and I know I, I think uh, I think Ben Perry was playing with thirst for knowledge for a while. Or recently too. I mean not like but I, I think that was you know, he's that's making a comeback. I mean, it's certainly a possibility.
0: Yeah.
2: All right, so let's talk about what other decks are going to do now that Bloodstone is restricted. It We don't know if the cats away and the mice are going to play or if uh, the deck is still just as good as it used to be. I don't think the deck is dead by any stretch, but... Oh, I don't think so either. But what are people going to... How are they going
1: to react to this? I mean, I think the the next big boogeyman in the field is still Mentor, right? You're still looking at decks with gush and control pieces and compact way to win, which turns out to be mentor.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would think that's, um, and a lot of mid games as popular as shops are, are close. And now they can
1: legitimately run four main deck mental missteps and four main deck cluster storms and just play. Which, against each other. which,
2: which as <laughs> Seth was saying, a lot of them were doing already. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I, some people genuinely were like running a bunch of extra cards against shops. Oh, Maybe sure. You can run fewer. I feel like if we see a return to, like, five-color shops, then suddenly those mental missteps are really good mm-hmm. against yeah, shops. Yeah, because they're better against welders. Yeah, you have things like welder, and then if you're going to play, like, ancestral, vamp tutor. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you mentioned crop rotation, mental fact, misstep I against the like crop rotation. Like, I, there's like, no way crop rotation, I, rotation I, sees play just because think, of mental oh, yeah, missteps. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, not playable to anymore. Play, but, um, it, you, just can't, you just can't do it. You can't right. get it. Because if you, if your Crobatisha gets mental based up, you still lose the land. You just, that's not something. (laughs) You just lost the game is what happened. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there are cards. I've been, uh, talking about this with people all day. I think there are cards that people were running to beat Lowstone that they don't even necessarily know they were running for that reason. It's Mm. just been a part of the performance alone. And I think Lightning Bolt is a good example of that. I think people are still going to play Lightning Bolt, but I think it's a lot worse.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think Lightning Bolt's stock has fallen, and it still does a lot of stuff. But I feel like everyone has talked about the lodestone <laughs> test and making or failing the lodestone test, and like Lightning Bolt right. was the gold standard. Well, Lightning Bolt wasn't really played before.
1: I mean, it wasn't played before lodestone all that much. Like you, you were looking at mm-hmm. things like Fire and Ice or. Uh, I mean, I think sudden shock gets a lot better because it is better at removing
2: things like mentors. Mm-hmm. Because you don't, you don't need that third toughness very often. I'm trying to think of, it, um, what things in vintage does lightning bolt hit that sudden shock doesn't.
0: Once we're past lodestone, there's not much with the three butt. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it still gets
1: rid of a mentor. It still goes to the face. I mean, but, but, but it's, it's not necessary. necessary. Right.
2: But, but it is not as good at getting rid of a mentor as sudden shock is. Right. And not as good at getting rid of a pyromancer even. Because they they might get just one token in response, uh, and and it's missteppable, right? Right. That's our, our lightning bolt is missteppable. Sudden shock is not. It's true. For two right. reasons. Uh, it's it, it, interesting. <laughs> um, I honestly, I like. I would take it even further. You mentioned uh, fire ice. Like yeah. I don't think. I think there are a lot of situations now where you don't need to one for one your opponent because you have a little extra time. You can do better than that. You can kill. Right. You can pay an extra mana and kill two of their guys. Right. What Fire Knights does. Or you can, you can run a Pyroclasm or a Toxic Deluge or something. Sure. You can't kill Lodestone with those cards, so you can't run them. But if you never had to kill a Lodestone, and we still do every once in a while, but <laughs> if you never had to kill a Lodestone, you wouldn't necessarily need something so flexible. It's hard to say. It, it's, it's this weird situation because if none of the other decks adapt to a post-Lodestone world, like there's a lot of little creatures running around now, yeah. and a lot of those creatures aren't necessarily good now that Lodestone's gone. But if people still run them, then you still gotta run cards that answer them. Oh man, Dark Blast, Dark Blast. Oh yeah, a card yeah. that's terrible against Lodestone gone. But... Yeah, that that card definitely comes back, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it, Mentor, yeah. right? You, you don't right. wanna. Yeah, if, right now it has. To if pass Delver mentor. was more popular than a Mentor, I'd be right. all over it. It would right. be great. There's a lot of stuff that I think is like really good against Delver that you couldn't run because of loads like Slice and Dice.
0: Oh yeah. But doesn't really be Mentor. Man, remember Slice and Dice? Remember Massacre? Wow. Massacre's pretty brutal. Massacre's still good against Mentor.
1: Yeah, I, I like Massacre. I
2: had it uh I, I played it at Gen Con a couple of years ago. I still like against Mentor, my favorite card is uh for Elemental. I don't think that stock goes up or down based on this at all. Like you right. weren't bringing that against Lowstone anyway, you weren't running it main deck. I'm not going to run it main deck sure. now. Yeah, um, sure. but the but the Gush decks themselves, I mean they were kind of it's not like they're going to be cutting main deck anti-shops cards to add more counters because they didn't have a lot to cut. <laughs> yeah, um, they weren't running them. Yeah, I, I could see people lowering their land counts. I think that the, I mean, Delver is a blue-red deck and sometimes you splash green to beat shops, mm-hmm. but mentor decks, maybe we'll see some more uh, Esper mentor decks, sure. right? Because the best thing Red had going for it was, in my opinion, fade and Indy and right. Lightning Bolt. Yeah, it played and well against those, Shops. Yeah. Those are all still good cards. And Shops is still a deck you want to beat. But before you want to win a tournament, you have to, you have, to have a game plan. And yeah. there wasn't a better game plan than deck right. being distributed lightning bolts. Yeah, know, I,
1: I feel to, like Shops probably slows down enough that you can use white removal on artifact cards. I mean, you know, maybe Disenchant gets better because
2: you have a little bit more time and can... Yeah, I, I've heard people mention Serenity. Yeah, Serenity is, is already too good. Too slow for lodestone Golem, but not too slow for a yeah revoker and a sphere of resistance you know right
0: serenity really dies to uh stack Tanglewire, yeah. wire though
2: Too yeah that's not
0: great against that yeah i've had a lot of bad luck with
2: serenity versus uh arcbound ravager and mistress factory oh gosh You yeah. play Serenity, they're just like ah yeah we'll stack you for 10
1: <laughs> well that's uh, uh serenity and uh
2: hangar walker right I mean like that's 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 not not so good. So, so maybe Serenity doesn't make a comeback, but you certainly have access to more expensive spells than you did before. Well and I I think
1: that if you're playing Esper Mentor, like the benefit that gives you is playing discard against other mentor decks, like being able to play Duress or Thoughtseize versus them. Or Cabal Therapy. Yeah, right, control. or it's Cabal Therapy and Gitaxian uh, Probe, too. In addition to your one Demonic
2: and your one Yawgmoth's will.
1: Do you see these kinds of Gush decks uh, getting faster? I mean, are, are we going to look for um, new builds of Jeskai Ascendancy or anything like that?
2: I... I- Refuse to play Jeskai Ascendancy again. Andy Provesko, are you going to play Jeskai Ascendancy? (laughs) But can other people do it? Uh, I I don't know about Ascendancy.
1: Well, it's I mean, basically the question I'm asking is: is a deck like Ascendancy better against a Mentor deck because it you know draws cards faster and sees more things, or is
2: it? It could be. It's a way for a deck without mentors to race a mentor deck. There's a few ways right. to do that. That is one of them. Uh-huh. I think a lot depends on what you, how you think Shops is going to shake up. If you think Shops is getting significantly weaker and you're willing to just reduce your game plan against it, you just cut some lands. That that helps, right? Oh, sure, yeah.
0: Do you really feel like it's Shops that's keeping land counts in vintage where they are? Like, I sort of feel like... people in vintage are playing as few lands as they can possibly get away with and not worrying about the fact that they're going to they could get wasted out i i would say players don't care for the most part i run
2: more lands because of shops but i don't even know if this would change because now i honestly think maybe lands becomes an even better plan against shops than it was before because you have the time to just play a land for five turns and then win oh sure so it might even make sense to go slow instead of go fast <laughs> I, I wish I had. We have no idea what which way it's going to go, but I think Shops is still going to be very good. So I, yeah. I wouldn't. My game plan wouldn't be like ignore them and hope <laughs> it goes
0: away. And I still feel like Shops can just like throw a bunch of beats in your face and whomp you when you think, oh, they don't have Loadstone, so I have plenty of time. If it goes into a direction where they're playing extra threats like Slash Panthers
2: without <laughs> lock pieces to back them up. Then suddenly, Perkles right. Recall becomes amazing again. Yeah, becomes they just attack you down to to ten or or seven, and then they can't stop you from recalling them, and they can't stop you from doing something broken on your turn. Right. But if they go the full lock route, you might still need like a couple like one mana removal spells just to kill Sphere in the meantime. Right. I mean, you know, going back to Jeskai Ascendancy
1: because it is a card that I think about periodically like I never felt that that deck had a particularly bad shops matchup to begin with because before they could get established you could draw a decent number of cards and see a lot of your removal and then you could play hercules and and win on your turn because they couldn't stop you and you'd have you'd have this three drop enchantment
2: that would just win for you I, I mean I definitely think it it is better in that yeah. matchup than it was because yeah. the lodestone was the scariest thing right
1: Well, I I, I guess
2: the problem is that you're losing all the Delve spells. I mean, those were were pretty important. You you can replace them with other stuff, but that stuff's a lot less flexible. Like, the Delve stuff was good even if you didn't work going off, but the other stuff might not be. Like, Ideas Unbound is great when you're comboing off, but not so good the rest of the game.
1: You can potentially add other cards, too, because, I mean... You were playing a three color deck that had to be three colors because you wanted to resolve a three color enchantment. But, you know, I mean, you could add a fourth color now and consider something like Birds of Paradise where you're use that
2: as a combo piece then too. Anyway, I digress. It's. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, that's true. It's, there's still a little risk, but I, I think, uh, it might be worth mentioning another like historical context of the world before Lodestone. This concept of like the two color blue deck is kind of new it's yeah, like oh, weird sure. to say the fact that it took me a while to get used to the fact that the best mentor deck was blue white red because for years like even if that was your deck you just add demonic and you will yeah like you just add the two underground seas to run those cards because they're right. so good and the, the minor drawback of having a slightly less stable mana base wasn't good enough to stop you from splashing those cards yeah but in the Post Lodestone world, it was important enough to stop you from running those cards, right. and those cards are bad against Lodestone. That's another thing.
0: Like, was it Lodestone that did that though?
2: I don't know if it was Lodestone or more people playing shops or the colorless mana base. Again, it was
1: the tendency towards more powerful shop decks. I think because you were, we, whether that was you know
2: Lodestone inspired or or active. For I mean, maybe it was maybe it was the other decks, maybe it was the aggro decks with the 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 Fluster storms and the Missteps everywhere. Um, that's totally possible, but I think. I mean, number one, Demonic is not that good against the Sphere because you, you pay the cost twice. Right. Right? You, one Sphere out, you, you pay three for the Demonic and then one extra for the next spell. And you must will is pretty bad against Sphere for the same reason. A lot of times I'll board out Y'all must will against Shop Decks.
0: But we had Spheres before we had Lodestone. Yeah, but you had time. You had time to hercules them on their on your end step and
2: win on your turn.
0: I, I don't know. I sure. mean, there's
2: a lot of other things that came out that were good against those strategies, but it was really easy to splash one powerful card before. Yeah, I think we'll
1: probably see more three decks where two colors would have been and four color decks, or yeah, three colors where two colors would have been and four colors where three colors would have been. At least people try it.
2: Yeah, oh, sure. Unfortunately, I, I'm not, for how popular mentor gush is i have not really played a ton of it so i'm not sure what the best adaptation is i suspect those decks are already so most of them are like very underrepresented on Shops 8. you probably want to stay about the same and just have a better matchup i, I don't know if, for instance like rugs elver the list that was uh, running you know trigons and ancient grudges eh, maybe maybe not as useful as a different color at this point. Right,
0: Grudge is still really good.
2: Grudge is still really good. It's really good against
1: uh Time Vault, though. So I guess the question would be whether. Yeah, it's I Time mean, Vault Grudge
2: might be even better right now, right. just in the sense that you don't necessarily need your card to cost one. Right. The ability to kill two things is now more important than the ability to kill a Lodestone Turn One. Right. I I, I don't know if Delver is the right fit for it, but in general, I I totally expect to see Grudge as a as a popular card in control decks. Control decks that couldn't exist. Two months ago because people didn't want to splash green just for the flashback on Ancient Grudge. We'll see. And if the recent trend of Wasteland's been showing up more often, usually to combat shops, if those decks stop running Wasteland because they don't need it against shops, then splashes will become very easy. But if those decks are still, if Wasteland's still popular, it it might not actually make a difference that Lodestone's gone. Yeah. So what what do you guys think about non-mentor uh blue decks? Do you think non-decks? Decks? Yeah, do you think that uh we already said that
0: Slaver probably isn't coming back? <laughs> slaver is not coming back. We know that there are some people who are going to try and make a Slaver comeback regardless of whether a Slaver can make a comeback. They have thirst for knowledge and no lodestone golem, right? Oh, and right. it's still not going to
2: work like that. Yeah, right. For the variety of reasons we talked about already and also just mental misstep and other people not call, cutting those bolts. Well, I mean, do we see something
1: like Gifts come back where, you know, we're talking about a slower Shops matchup where you can play Hercules and then do broken things on your turn. Is there a yeah. Gifts deck that can compete with a Mentor Gush deck?
2: I mean... It's so tough to talk about this stuff in a vacuum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think in regards to just Shops, I think Mana Drain got a little better without lodestone around. Mm-hmm. I think you could wait a turn, cast the Mana Drain, yeah, you channel know, you, it to some giant spell. Right. Mana Drain being good is a key part mm-hmm. of... A slaver deck because you don't want to just rely on the welders to right. cast big stuff, and it's a key part of like a gifts deck to be able to like leverage that huge tempo swing into a win.
1: I think potentially we're looking mm-hmm. at things like gifts and bomberman coming back. I mean, Bom- bomberman has been
2: around in some form for a long time still. I could absolutely see bomberman getting a little better. I I just for gifts, I want to be cautiously pessimistic about <laughs> it. I was burnt too hard when it came back. I tried oh, a few wow. other times. It just doesn't seem. It's really bad against Flusterstorm. So yeah. I was just saying, I think Mana Drain is way better against Shops, but it might still be bad against those other blue decks. I'm not yeah. totally sure about that.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's always the problem is
2: you're trying to resolve that one spell that you have to resolve. Yeah. I know what you can't do is what the Gift Stacks used to do, which is your counter base is like four Force of Will, yeah. three or four Mana Drain, maybe two other counters, like maybe yeah. uh, one Misdirection and one Red Blast. You can't do that. You're not going to beat the Flusterstorm decks. Right. But maybe now, Lodestone's putting less pressure on you, you could afford to run other stuff, maybe, you know, four forces and three mana drains and a bunch of missteps in like a fluster storm or, uh, you know, some mind ray traps of your yeah, own. Yeah, I
1: think you're, you're probably looking at uh, your own fluster storms and probably, I, again, I'm, I'm coming back to discard where it's like, you know, duress and thoughtsees which, I mean, duress obviously was no good against Lodestone Golem, but you didn't want to play thought these either. Because if, if you were on the draw, you like, it didn't do anything. It didn't do enough. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was not, not um, so hot.
1: So you're, so you're looking at discard coming back and that being good against counter spells.
2: Something that gives us going for it. We kind of glossed over it in the mentor section. I expect to see a lot less deck fade. I still love deck Faden, but, <laughs> um, three casting cost is a very tight mana slot in these decks, particularly the mentor decks. And it's not as important to run Dak Faden as it was before. You'll still see it, but I think you'll see a lot less. And I think that means Tinker gets better. Mm-hmm. I think it means the the ability to, if you don't have a forcible in your hand, but you do have a turn one or turn two Tinker, it's a lot safer to just play it. If they answer it, they answer it. It's fine for but if they answer it. But it's but, not going to get Dacked. Yeah, when when people were running, when there was a bunch of Dak Fadens and and a decent amount of like Metamorphs in the metagame, Tinker was like at an all time low. Right. But I think. That's like second order thinking, right? Like, I expect people to drop Dak. If they do, then I expect Tinker to get better. But sure, sure.
1: If they drop Dak, do you see um, Jace the Mind Sculptor come back? Or is that is he way too expensive now?
2: I actually, I expect to see some people replace decks with Jace's. I don't think you're going to see that in the Mentor decks. Right. I mean, you might. You'd have to see him in Delver. Right. But it's kind of... Um, it's a good win condition. Yeah, it's what we were saying about Lightning Bolt versus right. Sudden Shock, right? You have that extra turn now. I have been, since Dak was printed, I have been a huge fan of Dak over Jace. But mm-hmm. that was because it was also very good against Shops. Oh, sure, absolutely. A, a Dak in play and a Jace in play, the Jace usually wins, mm-hmm. even though it's harder to cast. Right. So I expect people to try that, absolutely, um, especially if people are playing Slaughter decks or, or bigger mana decks, whether that's Gifts and that Barman, like we're saying, or, I mean, Landstill was already running Jace, but, like, any any deck that was running Deckfin before, we'll really have to consider, do I still need this? Can I run at least, like, one Jace instead of this? Man, I feel like playing Gifts. <laughs> I mean, I want to play it too, but I'm sure it's not quite, I don't know.
1: So where do we see, I mean... Storm was, uh, I mean, Dark Petition Storm was also criticized as being too good, uh, at least among some circles. Do we see that continuing to be a problem? Is it going to get beaten back by Mentor and Gush that can now
2: sideboard more against Storm and less against Shops? I think no doubt Shops was a very bad matchup for that deck. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that it gets easier to beat Shops for Storm right now. Storm is a really small percentage of the metagame. Whether or not it was a good deck, it was not winning a lot. Right. I don't think it's gonna make such a difference that it triples the amount of Storm in the medic that winning. Yeah, right, which which means it's still gonna be in single digits.
0: I still think it can only be good for them. This seems like a, a win all around for Storm yeah. to me. I, I think Storm ends up performing better, but I would not expect a combo winter. There's enough other forces in the format yeah. to keep Storm and, down. It's not just shops that's holding it in check, but shops weakening does bode well for it's going to be better
1: potentially the shops decks that do exist i mean if they go back to a a ley line sideboard i mean if you have four ley line of the void four ley line of sanctity and some number of serum powders to help
2: find them like all eight of those ley lines are good against that storm deck not super easy for the storm deck to be yeah i really feel uh, this has less a lot has changed yeah. In years. So I know that, and I know someone's going to listen to this podcast and <laughs> get really mad at me when I say what I'm about to say, because so much has changed. But there was a time when Lodestone had not been printed yet. and Shops was a good deck, but it was nowhere near as good as it is now. And Storm didn't run over the format, <laughs> right? I mean, right. Dark Petition is a new good card in the deck, but I think it's, like, the only new card in the deck in the past, like, six or seven years. I mean, Gitaxian Probe, I guess, but it, that Gitaxian Probe's not... Taking the deck from tier three to tier one, right? Storm got beat by the blue control decks, and uh, you ask a a, you know a veteran storm pilot, and they're going to say that that's a good matchup for them. But in practice, it wasn't winning events anywhere near as much as those other decks.
1: As a storm combo pilot, like you're always relying on a lot of things to come together. I mean, you need to have a good uh, hand where you have you need to have enough mana to play everything, and you have to have either bombs that overwhelm your opponent or bombs plus disruption that overwhelm your opponent. And that's just a lot to put together in seven cards or six cards in a brainstorm or whatever. Like that's,
2: that's a lot to manage. I think that, uh, the blue decks right now are not like fully saturated with combo hate, right? Like there are more cards, there are cards they could cut and cards that they get. If they had more space in their sideboard, there are still things they could do and they might have more cards in the sideboard soon. That's, uh, if you have started, if you started playing Storm like within the past year, you don't necessarily the cards you're playing against now are not necessarily the cards that you will have to learn to beat if you really right. want to beat the blue decks, right? Yeah. Duress yeah. is so good against the defense grid. The version, the the most popular version of Storm combo right now is uh, runs That's defense right. grids and like eight discard spells and no counters. Sure. The old control decks that ran like four Duress. The Combat have a really t- hard time beating that. Yeah, cause you take their one threat and doesn't matter how many times they duress you then. Yeah, it even makes, if you have like two defense grids in your hand, <laughs> like they're bad for you against the duress because it means you have that much fewer threats. You can't, you can't just sit back and assemble the hand that beats Flusterstorm if they're duressing you, right? If, if their hand's just counters, then you can sit back and, and build around it, but you can't do that if they're applying pressure to you in other ways whether that's uh i mean blue decks used to run sphere of resistance yeah really yeah, yeah I mean, I mean slaver, a... it, it wasn't it was never in the sideboard. Yeah. oh okay yeah it was as a sideboard card i've run it I've the uh, slaver definitely ran it i've run it like in gifts yeah or or people are on trinosphere i actually prefer Sphere of resistance to trinosphere but like it's it's an option it is not something that anyone would run now because they just don't have the room but i beat a
1: trinosphere with belter once because he he tapped himself down and couldn't play uh a force of will uh, that's I, unfortunate. I, I resolved channel through trinosphere and played belcher and killed him well belcher
2: beats everything
1: though. yeah obviously obviously we should just be talking about belcher because it's going to overrun the
2: format yeah unrestrict channel <laughs> yes exactly i have and, we, and we've just been talking about storm i've heard a lot of chatter about doomsday uh i think mm-hmm. everything we said about storm also applies to doomsday people really like doomsday because i think it had an even worse matchup against storm or, right. or against shops stops, yeah and it had um it's got like really interesting things going for it in the control matchup because it runs four gushes and a ton of cantrips. You can genuinely outdraw a control opponent. That is right. absolutely possible with the Doomsday deck. I'm still suspicious because it's just never been that successful a deck before. I think it still loses to shops. <laughs> I think it might. Yeah. Both decks get better against shops, but Doomsday needed it more. But we'll see. I mean that's it's it's a fun, interesting deck that's never really had I don't think it's ever really gotten I don't know, the attention it's deserved or something. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's never really been on top. And I always think it's been a little more powerful than it's win rating. Yeah. Well,
1: I think it has a lot of notoriety because people like that challenge of doomsday. It's like, I'm going to play this card and solve puzzles all day. And, and some people really dig that, you know, true, true. I don't know. It has a higher intellectual cachet than like regular storm right. because you're doing this cool thing with doomsday so we I mean we've talked about all these decks. Do we want to talk about other i mean like uh is there a hate Bears deck that comes out of this because other i mean hate Bears is usually very good when the format is very well defined yeah well defined like you have you have one big group of of decks that everyone's playing or a couple games like I think that was actually more true before, but that's possibly just because no one knows what's
2: going on now <laughs> yeah it's tough I feel I'm not going to help. Any viewers that are watching <laughs> Hate Bears, I have no idea. Hate Bears is one of the decks that will be most affected by this change, just because that's one of the decks that's most affected by every change. Yeah. You, if that is the deck oh, that you yeah. want to win with, you need to be so on top of the metagame, and you need to change... It's the deck that changes the most. You don't just swap out three cards. Right. You, you change a color. You change right. lots of stuff. And it really depends on what the decks end up looking
1: like. Hate Bears changes a lot because Lodestone was a big predator for them. A 5-3 versus your army of two twos is...
2: Yeah, that's true. That, if,
1: um, that's a big card versus your deck. Hate
2: Bears, what used to be, I'll, I'm using that word Hate Bears, but just like aggro strategies, cause I don't know. Right, if, yeah. Or, or fish decks at the time. It used to be pretty good against shops when shops was not running any creatures. Right, right? cause you would just, it, all you would need out is a, a reasonable number of threats by like turn three, and then it doesn't matter how many lock pieces they play, you're gonna race. Right. So maybe, maybe they get that back. Does Dredge care about anything? Dredge don't care. Dredge don't care. I don't know that Dredge cares. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think Dredge will be affected that much, but I have been a firm believer of the theory that if Shops dies, Dredge immediately follows. Now, I don't think Shops is dead. Oh, okay, yeah. But I just hmm. think it is so easy to cyborg against Dredge. I, I'm not saying, oh, if I run 10 cyborg cards, there's no way you can beat me. I know Dredge players can beat someone with 10 cyborg cards, especially if the Dredge player is good. And the other players not, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Though it's just the numbers game, right? If, if you're in the tournament and all of your opponents have three more cyborg cards, you're just gonna get unlucky one more time, and that's all it takes to not be in the tournament. And I think that's more true for Dredge than any other deck for a few reasons. But I think one of the biggest is just because it's easy to figure out. If you don't know what your last cyborg card is, you should add Dredge hate. <laughs> you're you're not gonna add the wrong Dredge hate. It's all fine. It's not all fine, but like.
1: Right. There's a lot of dredge hate that overlaps with other things too. I mean, like surgical yep. extraction is pretty good against blue decks and pithing needle is good against shops decks. And you know, you, you run into <laughs> graft diggers cage is pretty good against dredge and oath. Like there's, there's lots of ways to add dredge hate without taking away from too many other matchups.
0: I also say that dredge hate becomes much more threatening the more different flavors you can play because dredge is very like dredge is is almost a metagame call in terms of like what the hate you think you're going to have to fight is and if your opponent is bringing in a bunch of different types of hate that's that's nightmarish i
2: I also think a lot of dredge hate is pretty good against dark petition storm Mm -hmm. So kind of overblast were i think that's just robot scripts or IL spell bombs or, or ley lines of the void are are totally reasonable to run against both of those decks so if you find half of the players in the tournament suddenly have some cyborg space that they didn't have before because they're not worried about shops at least half of that cyborg space is going to hate it's just going to make it a lot harder yeah a lot harder to win
0: but i think people still have to worry about shops yeah
2: yeah i think we were different cards than we did
0: before i got shops i think the
2: matchups improve but i don't think you're freeing up four sideboard slots. I think we written yep. up like one or two.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's the the takeaway from all this is that I think Chops is still going to be around and you change how you play against it and you'll certainly see differences in what you're facing but you're still going to be facing Artifacts.
2: I think, it occurs to me right now, a deck that we miss, which I think is a loser from this exchange is Oath. We didn't talk about Oath. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, Oath has quietly won like all of the largest tournaments that we have had in recent history it won the last like p9 challenge it won like the asian vintage challenge it won the vintage champs it won two champs in a row yeah exactly it's not statistically there's not a ton of Oath decks winning like every small event but it wins when it's important and a lot of those tournaments are tournaments where everyone expects shops and shops shows up and does really well right and it's
1: not it's not always highly played either i mean it hasn't a, what was it, the last power nine it was three players and had a win percentage of 77 or something like that <laughs> yeah like, whoa um,
2: good job <laughs> it's proven itself to be strong and shops right i don't think it's suddenly a bad deck i think it can go mox or turn oath against any matchup not just shops but um mm-hmm. it didn't lose a good matchup but like it was a metagame call and a metagame that might not exist again for a while mm-hmm. i don't think it cuts in half how well it's doing but it definitely i think it's it's going to be it's not going to perform as well as it used to. Yeah. I
1: think you, I think you probably end up running into blue decks that know that you're sort of a one trick bony. I mean, sometimes you're Oath and show and tell or whatever, but it's like y- your options for hard casting creatures aren't great. I mean,
2: like if they can sit on counters and counter your, your one spell, like. And if we do see more of the, I don't know if we will, but like the big blue decks, like the gifts or the Bomberman, mm-hmm. uh, I think those were always pretty solid against Oath. From from Not. my experience, Bomberman had a pretty good Oath matchup simply
1: because it had like an Ether spell bomb main deck. So <laughs> yeah. like,
2: no, Crystal Brand might change that. Yeah, know. no, it it, it does. For <laughs> that's that's an old theory. school. Yeah, the the blue decks that can kind of like win in a turn Oath doesn't have as much of an edge against. Yeah, Oath has never been very good against Storm, as far as, as, far as I recall. Right, I mean because they're simply a turn slower if. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and the, like Othas fine matchups across the board. It's not like yeah. this it can't beat these things, but it's right. just yeah, uh, exactly. its best matchups got a little less important, I think. Yeah, I don't think that's Still, it.
0: Yeah, except for Cotted, cottage cheese. Except <laughs> for cottage cheese. I have so little to say about cottage cheese. Well, so, so cottage cheese came up because I went with my, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law that also live in Toledo and we had dinner on Tuesday with an Indian friend of ours and his wife and for dessert they had this Indian dessert that was cottage cheese dumplings in cardamom syrup and we each had three of them with vanilla ice cream, <laughs> and they wanted to give them to someone to take home. And Nate and Kristen are currently they – t- they took the night off, but they are doing a keto diet with my wife. So basically they're not supposed to have more than than like 20 or 30 carbs in a day. <laughs> I
1: know where this is going.
0: The following day I was just like preparing my lunch, and I happened to glance over at the nutritional information on the cottage cheese dumplings in cardamom syrup And I found out that, so there are these little, there's little balls about the size of a ping pong ball and they have an interesting texture. I I had not, have you guys ever heard of this before? No, no. Okay. They they have an interesting texture. I think Kristen described it appropriately that it's sort of like a, sort of like a soggy donut in syrup. (laughs) I can, I can imagine that. Like a, like a little spicy syrup. I Uh feel like they taste really good, but that was a terrible description that
2: makes me never want one.
0: I, I I it's it's very it's in very interesting because I would say that they have a good flavor, but it's a texture that like sure, I'm sure. not entirely sold on. But uh they have fifty-three grams of carbs in a single ball. <laughs> so And so to put that in perspective three days of carbs for their yeah, diet. Yeah, for them. I mean, like we think of a can of soda as having a lot of sugar in it and one of those ping pong balls is like <laughs> a can of soda and a half. <laughs> and we each ate three of them with ice cream. You, you didn't mention the ice cream before. I like that you had them with ice cream too. Well,
1: that's just
2: additional, <laughs> additional benefit. <laughs> well, it wasn't I, frozen yogurt. It was legit ice cream. It was legit ice cream. That's uh, that's rough.
1: I I mentioned earlier that they had the uh, that they have the XKCD comic where they're talking about the the comparison of Cadbury cream eggs being the same sugar content as a can of soda. And when you're drinking a lot of soda, you think about how you feel after eating one Cadbury cream
0: egg, (laughs) let alone two or three. (laughs) And it's like this is exactly what we're running into. Yeah, I literally did not think it was possible to pack that much sugar into that small. of of a package but energy is dense
1: so man
0: (laughs) modern science is amazing yeah i can add to the
1: uh the cottage cheese discussion so my wife has had us experimenting with our lunches both of us pack lunches every day to work so one of the things we've been doing is barley salads and Mm -hmm. we've eaten like starting at the beginning of the year we were eating these pretty frequently for three months or so and uh it's basically like barley, which when you boil it, it comes out like oatmeal. Basically, it's a little bit dry, like dry oatmeal. Um, And we would add to that a cut up apple, some cottage cheese, and then craisins and walnuts. They're fine. They're okay salads. They're bland. <laughs> but But it's like, that's my experience with cottage cheese recently. It's just this bland sort of salad that is filling. Like, it certainly lasts, you know. Eat, eating one will last throughout an afternoon, but it's like there's no joy in this salad.
0: <laughs> that,
1: that, that's don't make that. It's quite saying. a sales it's, pitch. It's kind of the opposite of your little balls of excitement.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh my balls! Yes, I feel like not unlike the uh, lodestone gollum restriction, cottage cheese is a very controversial food.
1: I, I find a lot good. of
0: people. I've met a lot of people who like refuse to eat it.
2: I I think people have never even
0: tasted it. I think that cottage cheese is something you probably just don't want to think about too hard. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) I like it a lot, but I try not to think about it. So I'd
1: I'd heard of – actually, kind of weird. I'd I'd heard a a story about cottage cheese on the radio Uh a couple months ago, and they were saying, like, it's actually really hard to make cottage cheese because all of the factors have to be right. I mean, you're putting – You're putting a a culture into this milk, basically, and letting it curdle. Um, But not too much. Right. And, And so you have to have the right kind of culture. You have to have the right temperature. Otherwise, you'll kill the right kind of culture. You have to have the right amount of everything. You have to have the right moisture content. And it's just like there's actually a range of flavors that will come out of one type of cottage cheese. I mean, like if you get whatever brand of Cottage cheese, you get like you can get the same kind repeatedly and have several different actual flavors come out of it. Hmm. I, I noticed that I never knew I cared so much about cottage cheese. I'm sorry. In Sarah's
0: family, cottage cheese was very much sort of like a baking ingredient when they were growing up. So like um, I never would have thought of this before, but Sarah's mom's lasagna recipe has cottage cheese in it, as opposed to ricotta. As opposed to ricotta, right? I mean, it's pretty much similar i would i always feel now. like
1: the texture is a little bit weird yeah it is but i mean so is ricotta
0: <laughs> it's it's true it's true and there are other recipes like that where it's basically just almost like a straight-up substitution for a different cheese just cottage cheese instead I, elizabeth and i
1: make cottage cheese pancakes every once in a while that are the best i think i actually shared the recipe in an earlier episode when we were talking about pancakes but <laughs> they're super light and fluffy and they're really good with maple syrup and so we, we make those all the time. They're great.
2: I'm going to get a little out there. Have I ever had uh kefir? It's, it's a drink. Oh yes. Kefir. It's so it's, it's not cottage cheese, but it is a cultured milk product. Yeah. I feel oh. related. It's basically like drinkable yogurt, yeah. I guess, but it's That's the what same what I thing. describe, you describe
1: use, it as too. It's, it's yeah. It's, you take milk
2: and yeah. it's, I think it's actually similar to the process. You make vinegar where you yeah. take like wine and you put in this culture and it, it grows and it eats it. like, it's very lightly carbonated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a drinkable yogurt that's very slightly carbonated and all that stuff sounds very weird, but it I does. really like
0: it. it. It really does. Where where uh, would you find this? I mean, you can go to the
2: grocery it. store here. Yeah. And it's, it's also another thing where we were talking about to the cottage cheese. It can be very different consistencies. Like you can, I, I get it like this like lifeway brand that you can get it like with flavors and it's like pretty mild, but I've definitely had uh versions of it that are like just, you know, they cultured a little bit longer and it's kind of like it it's it's a milk product <laughs> and it tastes sour. And I like it, but I can I can definitely imagine somebody not knowing what to expect and drinking it and just assuming it had gone bad and feeling <laughs> terrible. Uh, it's, it's, it's a strange I think it's, uh. Let me ask you a question. Have you mixed drinks tried. with it? No, I haven't tried. Just wondering. Okay. I don't even know. Maybe if you had, uh, plain kefir, like you wouldn't want, like, the flavors, and,
0: like, kalua, probably work. Could we could, could convince <laughs> Eric to make a white Russian with it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you can say with it, but I'm guessing if you can mix it's It's
2: thicker than milk. <laughs>
1: All, all the people who complained about us not having a food section in the last podcast,
0: <laughs> they're regretting it yeah, right now. They're sorry. <laughs>
2: now i trying to think of more cultured
0: milk products.
2: I mean, there's <laughs> just yogurt, right? Right. Love yogurt.
0: I wonder how, like speaking of how difficult it is to make cottage cheese, how, how did this originally just like happen? Because someone had to like do that the first time right and still eat it and <laughs> be like oh this looks like something i want to eat so this is this is obviously
2: a lie the legend they tell about kafir but i've heard this so and this is how vinegar works too it's it it sounds weird but vinegar's delicious um you know it's 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 a culture run, which is bacteria right it's a bacteria colony and when you have it and it grows right it's in vinegar it's like eating some of the chemicals and like Turning it into alcohol. Well, first it turns it into vinegar, then it turns it into alcohol, or no, the other way around. Yeah. It eats sugar, turns it into alcohol, and then eats the alcohol and turns it into acetic acid or something. I don't know. Right. But it but it grows when it does this, and you could basically kind of chop off a chunk of it, and then take that chunk and put it in a different container of grape juice, and then it eats that and turns that to vinegar. And if you do this, you know, if if you're a fancy vinegar company, this is what you're doing. You're like cultivating in the same way you would like you know, breed different tomatoes to, to get the tastiest one, you know, if you find a really good vinegar culture, you do that. And, uh, it's the same with kefir. It's a living organism that grows and eats it and creates something else like carbon dioxide. Uh, but there's like, I've read on the back of a kefir bottle must be lies. Uh, but like it, it is like, it is like said that this one like colonial organism that the Buddha drank it, <laughs> not like this brand, it's just like all Kafir comes from one source, like one guy figured it out and then figured out that you could just kind of share it, and you could do it you could you could in theory just split it up forever and keep passing it on or whatever. yeah, so it, they it definitely goes back a long time. I don't think well i don't know. I have no concept <laughs> <I'll, I'll> whether <laughs> it's ben, man the Buddha's Kafir, yeah. but uh yeah, it's all the same, like it's at least like. Pretty old.
0: We are all the same kefir, Whoa. man.
2: <laughs> That's uh, it's a different episode, I guess. Yeah. We got we
0: gotta wrap this one up. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going nowhere at this point. <laughs> going nowhere, like Lodestones two through four. Oh. Rest in peace, Lodestones two through so what's what's gonna happen is that you're gonna really get blown out. Now when someone goes first turn lodestone against you because oh, you're just yeah. not prepared well, that's for what it anymore. Chalice. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's pretty I much the same thing with chalice, again. right? <laughs> <laughs> like chalice and you kept a
1: handful of moxes. Never mind, I'm not playing this game. I wouldn't have
2: kept this two months or uh, eight months ago, but <laughs> think, think about how yeah. it's going to feel. Just like imagine yourself, you know, a, a few months from now in some like power nine challenge or you're at the vintage champs and it's like the last <laughs> round before top eight <laughs> and you go to round three against shops and they go turn one Mox workshop child zero low stone <laughs> <laughs> and turn
1: you're going to gonna your say
0: should have f- banned that card <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just, uh, it's going to be so sad It's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Serious Vintage. I'm Jeff Mose. I'm Nat Mose. And I'm Andy Probasco. And we hope you'll join us next time for more Serious Vintage. Take a little trip. Take a little trip.